Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to Podcast 2187, and we're back again, and it's going to be great tonight for many reasons. Uh, and by that many, I may just mean two reasons. Number one, we've got new software stuff that don't listen to Mark. It's amazing. And we all sound way better, and this is great quality, and I'm very happy with this. Number two, uh, in addition to Mark, Jared, and me, we have a host who's probably better than the three of us combined with us as a guest. And I know a couple weeks ago we were kind of teasing it a little bit, and Mark, I told you you gave it away. Everybody on Twitter just told us who it was. I mean. They're excited because Andrea's back. Andrea, how you doing? <laughs> we're just kidding. That's never happening. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Andrea's never coming back. Hopefully, it will one day once the natural high of being in San Diego wears off. <laughs> but that may never happen. But no, you guys, you know him because he's on a bunch of awesome podcasts, such as his own Blue Harvest and Rogue One, and a bunch of awesome stuff. So, how are you doing, Haas? I'm doing pretty well, guys. Thanks for having me. It's it felt like it's been too long since you've been on because I feel like the episodes you're on are the highlight episodes. Just personally, my opinion. So I don't know about all that. Uh, I do know. Can I just say? Uh, I think Jared missed his calling as an exotic animal trainer because when he was soothing Mark, the beast that is Mark, before we started recording, I was like, "Dang, he could calm down an angry bear any day. Look at him." That's uh, a <laughs> that's that's preschool, kindergarten teaching, and uh, and being a professional nanny. That's it prepares you to work with wild animals, small children, and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't appreciate any of those uh, comparisons, to be honest. Although, although some, like. pe- some people, some people um, have said uh, I'm a bear. Yeah, um, I don't. that's what the closest analogy I saw. I, I got to hang out with you briefly in California. I was like, yes, Mark's a big old friendly bear of a guy. Well, I feel like we've always connected over both being uh, like equal, equally uh, Wookie as much as we are man. So I don't, I definitely don't think it's a bad thing. I think of it as a bad thing at all. Do you guys think Tim has a big old beard too? <laughs> I wish it's golden, it if if anything. Because I don't know what Tim looks like, so I just imagine he looks like. Uh, you guys ever seen Thor with the big beard? Yes, <laughs> that's what you know, I like to imagine. You know what? If Tim grew a beard, I think he would look like Thor. Well, there no, we go. No. Like, Who'd you Tim, say you look like, Tim? Chris Evans? No, I, I, did, hey, I did not say that. Hey, I'm, I am i don't know what episode it is, but I'm 100% positive you said it like three times that episode. <laughs> okay, all I said was that I have been told that before, and I frankly disagreed. Listen, Captain America, uh, you have a good beard. We know it. You know I, I, I unfortunately don't, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I imagine Haas. that your your beard, Tim, is like the fake Obi Wan beard from Attack of the Clones. No, <laughs> just off-putting. Just, just no, in, in just, so many like, ways. It looks good in theory, but applied on the face, you just can tell something's off. It's right. the least convincing special effect in a movie. It's mostly CGI. So, yes. so wait, um, Haas, <laughs> you're going to be at Celebration, right? Yes, sir. Okay, well then, there you go. I will be able to finally meet you in person there. Well, don't shave until Celebration. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Tim's no-shave challenge. Oh, I wish this would be real. (laughs) Seven Uh, months. That's plenty of time to grow in a killer beard. 
it's also a point in time for us to find someone in our social circle who has the training to verify whether or not Tim is a robot. Because again, Ooh. he keeps mentioning Johnny and, and mm -hmm. all these people who can confirm it, but it's like, where's their expertise? They're not biologists, they're not roboticists. I don't trust their their judgments. Like if Tim's a convincing you know, simulation, then I, I could be fooled. I'm not an expert. I mean. Yeah. So I'm I, need, I need biologists and roboticists who are going to celebration to let us know, because we need, we need a, a panel to confirm this. I, I Is just... the term really roboticist? Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering that. Dang it! I did not look at me. Look at me using "dang it." <laughs> <laughs> for for what it's worth, I mean that's that's not an editable term there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm doing real good. I'm trying to bat a thousand. I have an over and under bet with somebody on how many times you're going to have to censor me. So far, I'm winning. <laughs> like Jared mentioned before we started recording, I don't think there's a ton to cover tonight, which is fine because we're more than capable of having a great time on our own. Um, but one thing that Haas, you did mention is also is regarding uh, Gary Kurtz. And I missed that news myself until you just mentioned it a little bit ago. So anybody who's familiar with that, do you want to just kind of uh, mention it for a minute? That just went really well. Edit stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you can't just throw it out to the, the gallery. Hey, no, I, I didn't even have, I just bought this microphone like an hour ago. Like I am the definition of behind today. If you're going to err on the side of, of who has the information probably stored in their head, go to, to Jared. Or the internet, if you're being honest. Okay, but if you need somebody <laughs> out, you, you, don't, you don't go to your guest because you don't want to put them on the spot. Well, way you to make me look bad now. I didn't see, like... I am really, I'm, like, living for the uh, backseat uh, <laughs> like direction right now. I think this is fantastic, Mark. I think this is, we should do an uh, an ongoing point-by-point -point, uh, critique of Tim every week. <laughs> like, and if just you an go to Jared for comic books, you got to reel it in a little bit. Because oh, that's definitely, <laughs> Jared would go on. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I feel like we could say the same for you guys and, and scores. Yes, you can. Yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't say the same for us in 80s movies because Tim never lets us get as off track as we should be able to get. Like, I think like, ideally we could say that for both of us with, with 80s movies. But I love 80s movies. Tim stops I'm us. sure you do love 80s uh, yeah, movies. Yeah, Gary Kurtz passed away. Uh, yeah. He was 78 years old. I have that now in front of me on Variety. He's a, like, a long-term collaborator of, of George Lucas and employee at Lucasfilm. He made American Graffiti. He also made Dark Crystal. And uh, they left, at, or he left uh, after Empire Strikes Back. Okay. He look, also is the I, one I, that came up with the. Go ahead. That's what That's I do. That's I'm going to need that. Good tidbit. Yeah. So uh, look for uh, the Blue Harvest flavored Snapple in all your local convenience stores this summer. Tastes like Next beard. Summer. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. One beard hair, hair per bottle. Oh, he he passed away from uh from cancer sadly, but he, I think his, you know he was with loved ones and they all said said that he lived a good life and he was very well loved in the end and it seems like he passed away peacefully or as peacefully as he can. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What just happened? Because I heard like a a quick beep sound and then I come back like two seconds of silence and then you're talking about hair beard hairs in a snapple and then Jared's still talking about Gary Kurtz. So, <laughs> well, apparently uh. Maybe Mark was on to something with this whole software change. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, it, it was like somehow, two seconds. Somehow you were in some pocket universe while we continued in normal time. 
because we had actual conversations, you know, in, in the middle of, of your beep, you know, knocking you out. Or maybe you just have a lost time, like when you're abducted by aliens. That's what I was about to say. He got abducted by aliens, and in the alien dimension, time moves way slower. Yep. Who knows what happened to Tim in those two seconds? Hey, I when have a beard playing... now. <gasps> there you go. See? <laughs> I had a the, the Variety article in front of me on Gary Curse, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what Jared just read, because as he's talking, I'm reading the same things. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, No. Okay, okay. Well, you should be a writer for Variety, because seriously, like sentence by sentence, what you said I mean, was I read what that they had. Earlier did, I read that earlier today. That's impressive, you know, if though. You would... Tim, if he I, was I, reading I, I Variety for us, day. don't don't call him out on that. Let's think that he's hey, you called me out for calling on the ho- the guest early on. I I have no problems calling people out now. You started it. No, no, I absolutely did read that earlier today, and that was my source of the information. So uh, that's a good call on Tim's part. Tim, Tim saucy today. Not oh, I mean, okay, sure. Still better than uh, sleep deprived Tim, where I got like Everything's... three uh, DMs and a text where people were worried about Tim. Like, does Tim <laughs> hate you and Mark all of a sudden? It was so weird. The tone was like nothing we've ever heard before. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think he was just really out of it. And they're like, I was worried about it. It was, it was the best. <laughs> okay. Everyone else gets like punchy when we're all sleep deprived, but Tim just gets super snarky. <laughs> it's fantastic. Surly Tim. I just love it because you're never snarky any other time. <laughs> like, like you've been sleepy and snarky to us twice, and that's it. <laughs> like hundreds of episodes, you're like, nah. Tim sends me real mean DMs, like real dark stuff, guys. I don't know if you guys get those, but he's like, he'll. I just wake up six in the morning to go to work, and I have three messages from Tim that just say stuff like, "Beards are stupid." <laughs> Tim, Marvis, that's a baby's game. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like Tim. Well, if the whole robot thing is true, then is it my fault? Maybe it's just my programming. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, if that's the case, oh, so which it isn't. It's probably your uh, solar-powered lithium-ion cells running low, and so you start acting a little squirrely. you got to recharge. you got to plug in like a Tesla. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> if it gets me out of seeming mean, then. Tim, how's this new program working for you? It's fantastic. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You you really sound like a kid who, who uh, had Christmas uh, come today. You're just uh, you know loving it. Well, this is only half of it. Like like the the one half of the program is what we're using now to talk to each other, and it's going great. And then there's a second half of something else that I'm going to be using for the editing section um, that should maintain good uh, audio quality so so you do realize though that that now uh, people are going to come to you wanting to know how to operate the system oh uh, he's i'm already drafting the direct message <laughs> yeah. i'm not joking i was like wow this i was actually like wow this is kind of neat <laughs> well and one of the things that's good about it too is that we're going to be able to do um better live interactions than we were doing previously um which i'll refrain from speaking on that more until i figure it out a little bit better yeah because we haven't done we haven't done just a a, a pile on show where we just see how many people we can get on at yeah. once in a long time i mean now right. apparently it has a, it has a name um I, I think it's what is it hyper chat now oh, i don't well, know we were doing that we were doing that a long time ago 
before it was cool. Oh, oh, uh, well, Hyper Chat is specifically um, Steel's thing, right? I know we were doing that before. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Steel. He don't listen to the show anyway, so I'm well, basically I think the- <laughs> challenging nothing. Well, I think the other thing, like if it's all having a bunch of people who are on podcasts, I think that's Megapod. Oh, but yeah, I'm not yeah. Sure. I have heard of that. And and uh, Homer's name for his internet business was Hyper Global Meganet. Then what? What was ours? Just randomly calling people who have no idea we're calling them and uh, putting them in a in a chat. Yeah, then yes. That's not that's yep. not done. That's ours. No, that's we're the only ones. We, we should, we yeah, should call who something. else wants to try that? Really, it's trademark podcast podcast roulette. <laughs> hey, there you go. Is chat roulette still exist? Man, maybe. <laughs> like, like that's scary. Just, I was always a scary thing to me. No, no. I'm uh, in the mood for some random junk, I guess. Yeah. So, but just as a reminder, though, you remember who actually picked up and actually talked to us when we yes. were randomly calling people? That was me. It was. Yeah. The greatest Star Wars podcaster there is. Period. Hmm? I, I, speaking of chat roulette, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to use it one time. Just I, all these people were talking about it. I was like, let me give it a shot. Do, 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 do. Yes. And type, type, type. Get on a chat roulette. The first thing that pops up is a dude with his business laid out on a yes. window. He had it laid out on a window unit, AC unit. Like the, the whole frame was an AC unit. And I was like, what is the AC? Oh, he's got his <laughs> business laid out on top of it. And that's the only, I was like, well, okay. So that's what this is about. No, thank you. <laughs> Was was his name Bruce Wayne? <laughs> oh, we can talk about we can talk about that. That's good. I uh, just don't understand that. Can I just say real quick that the idea of just showing Batman's junk in a comic book makes zero sense to me, other than the fact that it probably sold a lot of copies. But well, I, I guess I guess it's it, going for at my friend's comic store. It's going for forty five bucks. Yeah, oh, though that's wow. what that, that's what I was reading uh, today that the, they're able to resell it online for the, for that much right now. That's crazy. Uh, and it's because they said automatically that they're going to censor it in all the the second secondary printings and the whole thing it's it's stupid it's marvel or it's it's like marvel's max line which was their adult line that has been discontinued for many years but uh where they would publish basically oh uh, i'd start adult. talking about comics jared's jared's going to go no go jared i'll, I'll be quick uh <laughs> they published basically adult stuff it's where alias came from which was the creation of jessica jones the Netflix character everybody yes. likes. Uh, her her book was originally a Max title, and it started with her getting together with Luke Cage. They're now married in the comic books and have a, a child, Danielle. Yeah, it's pretty graphic uh, Cage. in the comic. Oh, in that first issue, it, it's she sleeps with with Luke, and then uh, she finds out that he like like she she talks to who's now Captain Marvel. You know, coming up with a new movie, uh, Carol Danvers, who's then Warbird. Uh, her second or third identity after Miss Marvel binary. Hey, and wait, Warburg. hold on. Like, I, didn't, I don't know how I forgot that part of the story. I read these things. Yeah, and and like and She Hulk as well. Like 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 all these mutual wait, friends what? were like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, no, no, and they they told her they're like, oh no, he does that with all the girls and that. And and eventually she confronts him about it, and they end up dating and like blah blah. blah. But like that is the progressive version of Luke Cage that exists today. That was the That's beginning. A superpower. That was the beginning. Yes. That was he was he was a uh, yeah uh, a, a fellow superhero uh, chaser, I guess, and that would be specifically what he would do. And it's really weird. But that was the kind of material that was that was coming out from Marvel Max. They also had a War Machine comic, and DC's Black Label is their new like 
uh, prestige, you know, creators can do whatever they want. It doesn't have anything to do with DC continuity. It's like their version of the, the new Joker movie coming out that doesn't impact the other films. It's just a standalone story in its own in its own setting. It's not not a part of a shared universe. Similarly, there's like the old Elseworlds stories or graphic novels that DC would do that stood alone, but these are specifically not supposed to to tie into uh, rating systems and not, not supposed to be for children or young adults. It's supposed to be for adults only. And, uh, I guess Lee Bermejo is a very excellent uh, illustrator and, and a I think pretty talented comic writer as well, but a more talented illustrator. He did this Batman story, and he's I think it's called Batman Damned, I believe. And he said, uh, "I'm going to have him walking right right through the Batcave, just naked for no for no reason. <laughs> he just walks around naked. It'd be one thing if Alfred didn't exist. If it was just Batman, I could see walking around the cave naked. Why not? Why not walk around your home naked? But no. But here's uh, here's but here's the thing though. At a certain point, like I always wondered. You know, I would I would go uh, I could go up to see my dad when he's getting ready in the morning. He'd just be standing there naked, shaving. And it's like, what's going? Why? And I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm never doing that. And guess what? I, I like freaking my kids out. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, they'll no. just they'll be in they'll be in the room, and I just walk and go, "What's up?" And just dad, stop. No, I was the youngest, and I would walk around naked all the time and tell brothers fiance at the time my sister-in-law many years now when she first came to stay at our house in the summer uh in between semesters when they were in college like my dad was like jerry what the hell's wrong with you jason i was like she might see you naked like hold on i wouldn't i i I was more discreet when she was around than than i ever have been before i was just like dude like she's gonna marry james like I'm not embarrassed. Whatever, it's just my body, and he like I had to learn shame at like 13 because I had a, <laughs> the, a, a, my future sister-in-law in our house for for the summer. <laughs> I'm glad you did, Jared. Hey, I don't. Right now, I'm uh, because of the weather this this summer. <laughs> I'm in a studio apartment by myself. Uh, what, are you wearing, the, what are you wearing right now, Jared? Uh, I feel like right this now, is going to the TMI section. Right now, I'm wearing a, a making Star Wars uh, T-shirt with the old school logo and jeans. And nothing else. Oh, jeans and jeans, but I will like I'd be lying if I uh, did if if I said that the uh, old ladies in the convalescent home directly opposite my window did not see me uh, walk by naked routinely. And uh, has yeah. there been an episode of uh, has there been an episode of podcast twenty eight seven that you've done naked? Please don't answer that. I know. I'm curious. <laughs> um, this last summer, almost, almost uh, uh, assuredly. <laughs> like, oh, when yes. We like, now, if I could just figure out which episode. When we were like 120 degrees, like almost without, almost without a, a doubt, because we were like, we were over 116 one day this summer. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at at all the Mondays in, uh, <laughs> in the summer that were hot, and then cor- correlate that to the episode titles, and like just listen and go, oh yeah, he definitely sounds like a man. No, you'll be able to tell. That's how good okay. the mics are. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if there is a segue on this planet that works. We're never gonna see. Uh, anyone's uh, penis in Star Wars. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, there you go. There's your segue. <laughs> um, sure. No so well, one thing that I can actually talk about that I didn't uh, discuss last week just because of the microphone issue and I wasn't uh, speaking a whole lot at that time. I did get to go to the uh, uh, Star Wars in concert, a New Hope thing that is has been going around. And just in case anybody's been thinking about it and they haven't gone yet or something, it is fantastic and it is very much worth going. And uh, the, I'm going to be 
going to the Empire Strikes Back next month too. And same thing, if you have the option to go to that, you really should because it's a really great time. Yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, Empire Strikes Back at the Hollywood Bowl. That was that was awesome. And because uh, I know Mark is dying to know, it's all great. All of it was, but there's like like a highlight was hearing Tie Fighter attack in front of you. That was great. Hmm. That that's it. That's all I get. Hmm. Well, what do you want me to do? You want me to be jealous? I mean, that's that's better than. <laughs> hmm. Is it? Is it better it is, to it, cause, cause your friend pain? It, it's better listening for listeners. If <laughs> okay, oh. I can admit that the conflict. Okay, yeah, it, it's more. It, it's a more interesting dynamic than. Hmm. Listen, Just, here's here's the thing, Tim. I can't wait till you get married and pop out a couple kids. <laughs> then you'll see. Then you'll see. We'll see what it's like. If Tim's a robot, in. wouldn't he have to build him in his garage or something? <laughs> he probably already is. Uh, yeah. um, not, not, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, here's yes. a question. Josiah drew a picture of me like last year, and it's very distinctly a stick figure, very obviously. So, how can I be a stick figure drawing and a robot at the same time? Did Did you guys? Did you and Josiah meet up? No. Oh well, so then he's lying. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're just gonna call him out oh. for lying here then? I wonder if Johnny Grosso knows like one of those police sketch artists. Because if he does, <laughs> I'll pay them to sit with Johnny Grosso and draw Tim for me. Does, does he feel like the type of guy who has friends who are police sketch artists? Uh, maybe. Honestly, or, he might or know someone's somebody. done a sketch of him before is what you're saying. <laughs> the coin goes either way. Whichever way, the, the, we're going to flip it. We don't know. <laughs> If Tim, I'm glad get... you enjoyed. I'm glad you enjoyed your time at the uh, at the uh, Star Wars Live. Uh, was it orchestra to film or whatever? My question is, what was it very reserved? Because you know, you heard my complaint about the the people that you know light lightsabers when it's going on, and yeah. how I'm not a fan of that thing. Did you guys sit on your hands more? More, yeah. I mean, there were moments people were clapping or whatever, but generally it well, was... clapping's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, other than that, it, that was pretty much it. One time uh, in the cantina, someone did yell Hansha first at that scene. Um, otherwise, it was just clapping. That was it. Were, were they were they dragged out and beaten to death? No, but there was a guy not that far from me, uh, a, a little bit to my left, and during the intermission, he got out his phone and was looking up what that meant. Oh, Wow. And he was reading to his so friends. You, He's like, apparently in the original, Han shot first, and then the re-release, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what why are you here? They? Oh, they're probably season ticket holders. Hey, and I'm like, hey, I, hey, I guess. Also, I, I don't know. I I could see that, but think about how many Star Wars movies there are right now. Think about like that's a little gatekeepy. What if what? they haven't seen the what if they haven't seen the special editions? Or well, no, what no, if no, they no. only seen the special editions? I'm not saying on... he shouldn't be there. I was just wondering why he was, because pretty much everybody else there was super into it. So I was just surprised to see someone who wasn't already aware of that. Can we can we I... talk about gatekeeping for a minute? I think we are. Uh, Good. Yeah, I don't know that we can go back now. <laughs> there, there's a certain level of gatekeeping that's absolutely encouraged and allowed. Sorry. And everybody wants to say no gatekeeping. Okay. Well, what do you mean by a certain level? Well, okay, so here's the thing. When I went and saw John Carpenter live in concert, right? Yeah. yeah. There was the girl who, when he played the music from The Thing, she's like, oh, that's from Stranger Things, right? 
that girl should not have been at the concert. Sorry. You do not sit there and say that the thing, the movie, the thing that you recognize it strictly because you saw it during stranger things. Sorry. Those type of people need to go. There are people like that. I can gatekeep the hell out of. You don't want them in your, in your fandom. Why? Do you want the fandom? Because otherwise you want the fandom to die. You're literally being mad that somebody knows something. And that's, I think, completely preposterous. Why is it preposterous that I want somebody to at least bite their tongue until they know more? Because the, because they're not wrong, right? Like that is where she knows it. Like uh, like it, I'm just saying it could make them learn learn something and find a love for something that you already like and, and help them appreciate something over time. It won't necessarily, but some of them will. And so that's I, well, I don't know. Like I I can just imagine people who've never seen the anything but the special editions. And they weren't alive for their release in, you know, in, in 97. Like, how are they going to have any, any knowledge of that? Why would that be something that we, could, we, 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 we do expect? I know that we do. I do, too. But I just don't – I'm questioning why that is because I'm meeting more and more people who don't have any familiarity with, with the original trilogy at all. Like, who started with the prequels and now they love the, the, the sequel trilogy. And, and they're not even – that young anymore because they were just little kids in 97 or you know like like i don't know and and, and now they're fully grown adults but I, I i don't see i don't see any value to it if that, if that see, was the I, case i could hate all of you for liking batman because you all know nothing about batman compared to me everyone who likes dark knight i find very offensive because their version of the joker that they enjoy is has almost nothing to do with the character in every other form and every other story he's ever been in. He has no, the, no... Thing, the thing is, the thing is, Jared, is that's been fandom until what this year that, that you're able to talk crap on people and they're able to talk crap on you. This idea that you can't come out and playfully banter and tell as long somebody, as it's play, as long as it's, see, playful, it's all I completely playful. Agree. It's all well, from, playful from, though. from you. It is, but we all, but we know for a fact that there are people who, but that, see, that's, the, at that's all. the difference. The, the idea that I can't, the idea that I can't, you know, ah, Tim, you and your damn rules. The idea that I can't <laughs> talk you for, for, for your opinion and you can't talk me for mine. It, it, I think we're losing that side of the fandom. Whoa. One of the greatest things about being a fan of sports is just to get with somebody that their team is garbage as far as you're concerned and your team is garbage as far as they're concerned. And you just talk at each other and just insult each other's teams. And at no, the end I, of the day, I, you're like, you're like, OK, cool, we're good. No, you're, and I can see because I feel like that's actually an area while I, while I see a lot of like parallels and fandoms with sports and nerd and, you know, whatever, historically nerdy stuff. I, I and I, I see a lot of overlap and things that are in common. That's something that I think sports has a lot better of a handle on. That while there are people who go extreme and who will be real, uh, you know, jerks to each other. I almost said a, a combination that I'm not allowed to say uh, and censor myself. Uh, like like there are those people who take it too far. But I think there's way more in comics and and like uh, film nerd stuff right now. Like you look at the DC Marvel, like rivalry, those people like want freaking blood. And, and it's insane to me. I don't, I don't get it. They're all just, they're, they're all just stories about preposterously stupid things. Like people being sent in rocket ships, you know, across planets and happening to look just like humans and breathe on earth and have superpowers or being bitten by a radioactive spider and not, you know, dying of cancer. Like, like, like all these things, radiation poisoning or something like, 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 
these things are not made for adults anyway and we're taking them so seriously yeah, whether I it's think, star wars or superheroes yeah, the problem I, the problem is jared though is, is that it's a lack of social interaction face-to-face interaction that these people have that that makes them think that you know how to describe it. okay so so here's the deal i can write you an email right and i can type it very specifically and i can think you know i know what i meant by this email but you could take it an entirely different way based on your day based yeah, there's on no the tone, there's no tone in just before. text correct and so a lot of people nowadays they just have conversations with people online so you don't know exactly the way a person's coming from or where a person's coming from or what's you know behind uh uh what they're saying you know when we were fans face to face and you'd sit there and you'd talk crack, crap about somebody at a comic store about about Batman and they're oh well, yeah well you like Superman Superman sucks you can't do this you know what I mean you could see the person in front of you you could see that this person you just you know playfully jive, uh, joshing with this person and, and, and going at them online now everything's super serious and it doesn't need to be that way but that's the way it is I and do it's think you're I, I, I think there's you're, not I think you're right. It's unfortunate there's not this this social one-on-one interaction. I mean, now we can talk to anybody all over the world about Star Wars, but you're missing the the nuances from time to time of being able to just talk to them face to face. I think that's absolutely true. I think that in general, like these fandom uh, feuds and whatnot, are really exacerbated by that stuff. And I think that just in in general, like that's the whole problem with cyberbullying. Why it is a real epidemic compared to old-fashioned bullying, which was something I think that while awful and could be condoned you know, in certain situations in different schools and, and had stuff that needed to be worked out, the whole idea of it, oh, they're just kids, let them work it out. I worked in education. That's wrong. That's not – that is objectively wrong. Like research backs it up. You can have an opinion on it, but it's based on something you don't actually know anything about other than your own personal experience as a kid, not you, but you know the world. Uh, and and that's, that anecdotal evidence isn't enough to say bullying works on its own. But cyberbullying takes out that emotional component, and you don't see that you're breaking somebody's heart. You, you don't see that ever, and when you don't see that, you, you're, we're breeding a generation of sociopaths because they can say whatever they want and get whatever immediate emotional response they have within themselves and have no idea or concern what, what they're creating, what that, what, what that response is, is going to be from, from the people that they're communicating with, and they're hurting people and not seeing any consequences. So they develop no empathy. And especially for the people who have that happen at a really young age, like I think that's a really good point. And I, I think it sucks because I say, don't take it seriously. And it sounds like dismissive for people who find a lot of value in it and who get a lot of meaning from it. I care about Star Wars because I love it and because I grew up with it. And I bonded me with my, my dad and my brothers and my niece and my nephew and brought me some of my greatest friendships and like, I'm always going to love it, but so I'm not going to tell anyone that they shouldn't care about it. But uh, but at the same time, when we start like really hating other people because they don't have the same opinion about you know who should be with who in a Star Wars story or or what, what should happen in, in Episode Nine, then you kind of lost sight of it. I think, and, and you're absolutely right. Like it needs we need to be able to be playful and joke around, and a lot of that yeah, has to and, do. And I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna go up to the, to this girl at the concert and say, "Oh my God, you really have to leave because you didn't know that." Nor am I. Nor am I gonna confront her personally about it. You know, it's more an interesting anecdote. Like, you know, boy, how do you not know the thing? Or it's sad that you know a fantastic movie like The Thing from Stranger Things rather than knowing what The Thing is. And hopefully, you know, after seeing it, she goes out, after listening to music, she goes out and watches the movie. That, that's the idea for everybody. I mean, everybody starts someplace. 
Right. But that's, yeah. that, that's what I meant initially. I didn't mean to be too hard on Tim or, or Vin you with your uh, response. No, no. Is I it? just, I, I think uh, like here, like I started getting into, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago, maybe longer than that. I started getting into, into uh, bourbon uh, and learning about it. And I joined a bourbon website and, you know, I was very careful about what I said because, you know, I don't want to come off like I don't know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to ask stupid questions. And I'd, and I'd read, you know, and maybe that's not the way to approach it, but that's the way I approached it to where, you know, it got to the point that I was good enough with these people on the website to get like this special type of bourbon that was really rare. Anyways, so <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, I just, I learned about it. I immersed myself in, you know, the knowledge of it. And I'm still nowhere, nowhere near what a ton of these people know. I can't do a tasting note for the for life of me. I don't understand it. When somebody says it tastes like, you know, burnt apples and 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 it has a smell of like leather i'm like i don't know what you're talking about at all i just know it tastes good and maybe i never will be but i i think sometimes you know you, you do want to learn about the community that you're getting involved in i think sometimes before you're ready to just open your mouth and, and spew the area you know it, it's best to know what type of group you're you're getting involved with does that make sense yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think so. And I kind of want to just butt in for a second because we have the nicest guy in Star Wars fandom, as Mark pointed out previously here. And I, I kind of just want to hear what your overall thoughts are on the like the concept of gatekeeping and and how it is today. Um, I don't know, man. I you know I've um, I don't know. Gatekeeping is one of those things. It was a concept that. I was aware of, but didn't know the term for, you know what I mean? That yeah. seems like, like I, to be completely honest, didn't really interact with the online portion of fandom until mm -hmm. starting the podcast, because I had some kind of not so favorable uh, online interactions back in like the force.net message board days. Oh God, <laughs> who didn't? I mean, nothing yeah. like, you know, nothing like, uh, anywhere on the level of some of the vile stuff you see today, but like people were kind of ding dongs back then. And like, you know, just trying to butt in with an opinion or something. And they'd be like, Oh, when did you create your account? Why would we listen to you? Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that I found sort this of thing kind of bums me out because like the, the one thing I would say, like the, the point that Jared and Mark both made, like you don't want a fandom to die. So the way you keep a fandom alive is by like constantly infusing it with new blood, right? And so, you know, the at, at any point, I think it's like a teaching or learning experience for someone fairly new to a fandom. Like, um, who knows? Maybe the young lady at the uh, John Carpenter uh, concert is like a super John Carpenter fan now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's always cool to get someone new in that's excited and passionate about what you're into. That's that, that's it. You stop right there. That's it. That's pretty much, pretty much it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I expect I expected I expected us old guys to stick together a little bit more. Oh, I'm, I mean, well, like, it's you need see, to be surly. Is, I, I, you need uh, to be surlier, angrier. I, uh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's your mistake. Like Walhaz and, and you may be closer. I, which I don't know. Like I'm not sure. Uh, I do. I feel like Haas, your level of positivity is unrivaled. Like people say, I'm positive, but I don't. I don't. I, I just can't think of any 
negative thing. I like not that you, not to say you like everything, but 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 because that's not accurate. But I've never heard like anything that's just like uh, unreasonably or like even like primarily negative. Like like I just can't recall anything. You know what I, I mean? mean? It's like, happened. There's but, been but, times like sure, but it, I, I think just, a, like, a big one for me was uh, the end of Rebel season two. I think that's in recent memory, like one of the times where I was like, oh, they kind of missed the mark there. I was pretty upset, but I also left a small window of opportunity where I said, like, you know, if they address this further down the road and give me an explanation, I'm at least halfway happy with it won't bother me. But, you know, <clears throat> the other thing is, is as far as Star Wars goes, I kind of like to just focus on what I like. If if something isn't connecting with me, then I would rather just pour my energy into the parts I do like instead of the parts I don't like, if that makes sense. Yeah, is there anything that's not connecting with you right now? The comics. I'll be completely honest. I was super into the comics when they first came out, uh, you know, with the Marvel relaunch in 2015. Mm -hmm. I was making weekly uh trips to the comic store it started uh, like i started a pull list for the first time in a long time and then i stuck with it for about a year and ended up falling off pretty hard to where like i didn't go for like a month so then i had like an 80 dollar bill at the comic book store and all that kind of stuff and so i just kind of cut them out and i'm hearing nothing but great things about like the new vader title and stuff so i would like to pick them up and check them out but that's one thing that sort of didn't land with me and and uh, i just sort of it sort of fell to the wayside that's fair i mean i heard a lot of people say good things about vader as well and for me i keep meaning to pick up the collected editions whether it's a trade paperback or the or the the hardcover hard yeah, but yeah. There's, so many, there's so many other things that come out it's like oh, i'll get that next time i'll get yeah, that next time every time I, I like i'll shop around on amazon and see like the hardcover collections and I always think about grabbing them and just never end up pulling the trigger because I get distracted by whatever else. He-Man toys has been the thing lately. <laughs> nice. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. I watched. There's a documentary on Netflix that is so good. It's about the history of He-Man. It's called The Power of Grayskull. And I watched that when and did, I got He-Man fever. When did that uh, uh, come on to Netflix? Uh, it, it was maybe the beginning of this month. It hasn't been on a long time oh, i have to check that out uh i believe I, i'm not sure if they remember i know i've talked about it before so i, I mark and tim may remember but i uh i didn't have a security blanket when i was a kid and i didn't care about like a pacifier but as an right. infant um he-man had just come out and i was my, uh, it was it's weird like in some ways even my therapist at college suggested it might have been like my, the very first symptom of my uh my ocd but I was inconsolable and I would not sleep if I was not holding a regular He-Man action figure in, by his like left leg in my <laughs> left hand. And, uh -oh. and it had to be the exact right one. If it was He-Man with like the spring loaded like punch or whatever, if it was Prince Adam, I would chuck it on the ground and like throw a fit. It, but it, they had to have this. And my dog uh, would tear apart the heads, like the little rubber head. Uh -oh. Yeah, because so, they were squishy. Right. And so my dad ended up like being friends with a dude at Walgreens and like he'd call him when they got shipments and he'd like go down at like midnight when the store was closing and buy like a case of them just to have because he knew that they were going to end up getting destroyed by the dog and like he just wanted me to be able to sleep at all times so that they didn't have to have a screaming baby. But like I, so He-Man was my 
very first uh, obsession before comic books. Uh, I think it was mine too, honestly. It's some of the earliest memories, especially like toy-related memories that I have. I think it predates Star Wars even. And I think that was, you know, I, I, I know for a fact I saw Star Wars for the first time in 87. So, and that's around the time the original run of He-Man was ramping down. Yeah, no, right? absolutely. I, I think so, because like, it was still grow, going strong when I, before I was in school, but that was by the time I had already ended school. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can remember like what Moss Man and mm-hmm. Man, Man, I, Manny Faces. So when the the uh, He Man movie came out, Masters of the Universe, the Canon Films movie, right? Uh, Dolph. Yeah, and Franklin Jella. There's a uh, a villain character in that named Sarod. He's like the metal lizard guy. He dies kind of early. Skeletor kills him off, I believe. And his action figure had a feature where he had a switch on his back. And it made him shoot sparks out of his mouth. Um, kind of like, I guess, like a flint and steel on a lighter, yeah, yeah. right? And it was the only figure I wanted for that line. Begged my parents for it. And then one afternoon, I'm playing He-Man on the couch. And I set the couch on fire with Sarod. Really? <laughs> I put oh, my face, God. I put his face right against the seat and pulled that little switch <laughs> just to see what it would do. And it caught the <laughs> Now, did the whole couch like getting enveloped in flames no i patted it down and then i sat on the seat to cover the hole because i was like oh man i'm gonna be in so much trouble and my mom came into the living room and she was like what's that smell and i was like i don't know i don't know man it's crazy <laughs> and i farted she knew something was up she knew by the way i was acting i had done something but it, i hit it for a couple of hours i got in so much trouble <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 amazing. That's like uh it's almost a Marty McFly esque. Like he burned uh right his, his carpet. And because of that, they launched a massive recall, and now no one can get that toy. <laughs> oh, I've been look. I've looked up Sarod, and he is not a necessarily a cheaper figure to get your hands on. That's I uh I once ruined my my dad like uh, had turntables and like really liked listening to vinyl when I was a little kid, and I think. He gave me a bunch. I don't even think he has a record player anymore. Uh, when he moved at one point, he gave me a whole bunch of old records. And but he had a, a great speaker system. And there was one time I was mo- like alone, completely uh, unsupervised for way longer than I should have been playing with GI Joes when I was probably like four years old. And I took a- I would I would take off the cover of one of the speakers, and it looked like you know seeing all the the parts and whatnot, and and what you could the the face of everything in the. Uh, the components without the kind of what foam uh, cover that would cover the entire length of it. Like it looked like some sci-fi, like, uh, you know, I don't know, Cobra base or, or, uh, you know, a building from Tron or something to me as a little kid. So I would play with it like as if it were, and not, not mess it up, but, but have like the characters scale the side of it and be on the top of the building. And then at one point someone was coming back in. I knew I wasn't supposed to take the cover off. I ended up shoving a GI Joe like inside of the mechanism of the speaker to where oh my goodness. You, you could not see it at all. Like it was just, it was just jammed all the way in and I put the cover back on. And I, I, I don't think I admitted that like to my dad until I was like 15 years old. Oh. Like he, he ended up selling it at a yard sale. Like, I don't know what happened to it. You know, I just stopped working. And this all. Like he had to replace his speakers. It probably cost him a lot of money back then. Uh, I put, um, 
I put a bologna sandwich in our VCR when I was a kid. <laughs> like I remember sitting there watching TV and I was like, this sandwich looks like it would fit exactly in the little slot of that VCR. And so I went and put in, I, I was like, and I'll just hit the eject button and it'll shoot my sandwich back out. It'll be awesome. <laughs> so I, went, I put the sandwich in there and I hit eject and it didn't come out. And so I was like, oh, well. I'm still kind of hungry, so I went into the kitchen and started making myself another bologna sandwich, and my mom was like, what are you doing? You just had a bologna sandwich. And I was like, ah, I'm still hungry. I'm going to have another one. <laughs> and then that night, my dad went to put a videotape in on top of the bologna sandwich. I got in so much trouble. <laughs> that should be like your response to everything after a story. I got in so much trouble. Because <laughs> VCRs back then were like $800. Had to be. Yeah, I mean, this was, once again, probably like 87 or 88. They couldn't yeah. have been cheap. No, not at all. Not at all. My dad, I, I, I also got my dad banned from our local video store. Wait, what? Okay, that. you have to tell this yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> this was before, like, Blockbuster and stuff had come to our area. We had one video store in town called Movie Time Video, and it was the family tradition. We'd go every friday night and i could either rent one nintendo game or one movie of my choosing and my dad would rent a movie and my dad would always whatever movies we rented he would take them home and he would copy them onto another vhs and he had like the trick to where you could like was there a piece of tape you put over something yeah there was so a little it, yep. little box on or a little, little square on like the bottom uh left of the front of it where it, it had a tab on it built in if it was a re-recordable one but but it wasn't on there if it was uh you know store-bought tape or whatever and yeah you could cover it up with uh masking tape or whatever right and so we would go up we got a couple of videos we went up to the counter and the lady says would you like to rent these for one night or two nights? And before my dad could say anything, I said, oh, it's it's fine. We just need them for one night. My dad just copies them all anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I totally sold my dad out, and they were they banned him. They were like, you can't you can't do business here anymore. You just and dimed then, on And then what, what do you say at the end of that? And I got in so much I trouble. I got so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I, I might I might know the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> so, so what are you uh, gonna do great. tonight to get you in so much trouble then with the show? I don't know. I'm just gonna call my dad up and be like, "Hey, Dad, we should use Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Let me walk you through it." <laughs> I might. So, hey, so let me ask you a question. Um, I, I doubt most people who listen to your podcast now have been there from the beginning. Obviously you get a lot of new uh, listeners, right. you know, and, and so some of them may not have time to go back and, and listen to the first episode. What got you into podcasting? What made you decide to start a podcast? <clears throat> so I, I, I definitely wasn't like an early adopter of podcasts there. You know, I know people that were listening to podcasts like, from almost day one i really got into them around the time kevin smith started doing his which i think okay. was 2006 or 2007 i was a kevin smith fan i mean i still am but at the time you know i was a kevin smith fan and uh it was back in the day where like 
I had just one of the old click wheel iPods, you know what I'm saying? So I would oh, have to yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> download the podcast and then transfer it over to my yeah. iPod so I could listen to it at work. <laughs> and I always wanted to do one. Like from the moment I was like this sounds awesome. And then it wasn't until years later that I discovered, I don't know why I never thought of it, uh Star Wars podcasting. Never thought to look into it at all. And it was right around the time the first force awakens teaser came out and i was like i i bet you there's star wars podcasts out there and i tried you know the ones you you search for star wars podcasts and at the time there were only a couple that came up so i listened to the usual suspects and then to be completely honest i stumbled across now this is podcasting and like i was like oh this is what it's like when it's just dudes talking it's not like supposed to be like a, a huge production it's more kind of uh podcast i'm drawn to more conversational and stuff mm -hmm. a ton of info and i was real spoiler phobic at the time so i'd always cut it off when sal would leave because at the time you know sal <laughs> would leave and then they'd do spoilers oh and i was, remember yeah. i remember that distinctly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah and i yep. was like i want to do this like i want to talk about star wars so um a few months later sort of right after celebration um my best friend will had recently moved back to birmingham he'd lived here for a little while and then he left to go finish college and then just through the course of life ended up getting a job in birmingham and moving back <laughs> and we were having a hard time making time to hang out you know what i mean and it's like you know back in college we hung out from sun up to sundown and stuff and like my best friends in town we live like 15 minutes away and we can't find an excuse to hang out so and if we do it's over xbox but what you know what's the difference in, in that and him living on the other side of the world right so i was like that's it i would start this podcast and at at the very least if nobody listens it'll be an excuse for me and my best buddy to hang out so right, we right. actually um and and the the big thing is is the years leading up to this when i would look up doing a podcast because my buddy steve and i were going to do a a Buffy podcast at one point because we're way into that show. <clears throat> and when I would read tutorials and stuff, I'd be like, oh, write an RSS feed. I can't do that. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. And then it just became a lot easier and a lot more accessible for people to do with like hosting services and stuff. So <clears throat> I uh, ordered up some, you know, cheap equipment and uh, we actually recorded our first episode on May the 4th, 2015. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's sort of what happened. Do you ever go back and listen to the first episode? Uh... <laughs> I have. Every now and then, like, I'll do a backup of all my files, like when I get a new hard drive or a new computer, and when I do that, I'm like, oh, let's listen to that first one. Oh, I sound so nervous. And we're like I said, we, we were way too ambitious at first, where we were talking about every issue of every comic, of every book. Like, I was giving Will homework to do and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I don't know that I'm into this, man. I, I was going to be a little easier. So, like, like the first um, podcast that I was ever on, we got one review for it. Um, and it was basically a uh, pretty good try. You need to have much better audio equipment and technology and all that. And that was about it. You know, when I go back and listen to my first episode, that's one thing I'm, I'm actually still proud of is it's, it sounds pretty good for a first try. Uh, we yeah. definitely had some growing pains as far as quality goes, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of lucked out as far as that goes. 
Well, cause, like, and, and I wasn't the one uh, behind that show. It, of course, um, Kessler and Radio, Mark, Jared, you were both on that too um, with Noah. And at the at beginning, the end I was. Yeah. Like one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I destroyed that podcast. Make <laughs> um, like Jared a permanent member. It's canceled. <laughs> But at the very beginning, though, it was just Noah and me, right? And uh, and Jason, of course, was uh, on the first episode and helped out with that, too. Um, but I had no idea what the crap was going on. I, I barely was able to figure out how to work my microphone to be on it. Um, but kind of kind of similar in that at the time, I was just happy to be on it. I, I wasn't focused then about what quality was or any of that stuff. I was just you know, exploring because same thing. I wasn't even behind it and I didn't know what uh, like the RSS was or whatever. That was all Noah at the beginning. So who was at the time? Like what? 15. Uh, yeah. Like somewhere around yeah, there. He, he might not know what a rotary phone is. Is he still 15? Kinda... <laughs> is he still 15? <laughs> he's always, he's always underage. Yes, he's, Peter Pan. he's Peter Pan. He's our giant Peter Pan. Exactly. Yes. Have you have you looked at our have you looked at our reviews anytime recently, Tim? Uh, you know what? it's it's been a little while. Um, I should I, I should I, read our latest one now. We got a one star review. Oh, did we? That one's That's not solid. nice. No, it was pretty good. I was like, yeah, they're right. They're <laughs> no, it was just right. about how it, was it the one that said it's impenetrable. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a bunch of guys just talking about. It. I think they said they don't even talk about Star Wars. It's like, yeah, they're pretty right. I, I, but I to be fair. Our podcast isn't called Star Wars. Like, it doesn't have Star Wars in the title or description, even. <laughs> oh, we got one. We got one where I was like, "Man, that bums me out," but they kind of have a point. No, that's exactly um, that's exactly how I felt. I, 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 but even though I saw the point, I dude, I'm not gonna lie, I was real bummed. I'm trying to find it right now because I took a screenshot of it. Oh man, <laughs> where to go? Just seeing the one star bum me out, but, but I know when you're talking about Mark, but once I read it, I was like, oh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's not for everyone. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, here it goes. Ready? Yeah, go. Blue Harvest is just a couple of white males sitting around and swearing. I mean, fair enough, though. Like, I mean, it's not inaccurate, but it still bummed me out real bad. That was the whole I review? Like, I feel like <laughs> just isn't really... That's that's the part that stings. <laughs> like if there was anything, mm-hmm. if there was more to it, and they said, it, you know, uh, Blue Harvest is a podcast with two two white males sitting around swearing, and instead of a little bit more, it could be dismissive and jerkish without being so like, I don't know, that's like fatalistic, you know? <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's, like, that's all it is. And I was like, oh man, what a bummer. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's not fair. <laughs> that's not. That's, you're more of it. You're more of it. Just, I take exception to just. You guys are more than that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we we actually got um we got review bombed over the weekend, uh, in the UK. We had, oh really? Uh, yeah, like eight to nine one star reviews all drop on the same day, in That's the same weekend? time period. Yeah, yeah, it came out uh, or they were all left on Saturday. What? Why? US time. What's going on with that? I don't know, man. Uh, I, was, I bet it. I bet it was uh, an effort from someone. When that sort of stuff happens, I, I kind of made the mistake of mentioning that I was doing some research into a particularly uh, prolific Twitter troll, um, oh. and I said their name. I said their name on Rogue One. You see what I'm saying? 
And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm close to figuring out who they are because they're an idiot and forgot to delete all their old tweets from back in 2013. <laughs> and then um, they're in the UK. Oh, and... yeah, no, but it's absolutely that person. <laughs> yeah, just... so I think I kind of might have uh, figured it out. Well, if we start getting if we start getting uh, uh, one star reviews from the UK, then I'm gonna come after you. <laughs> I didn't say his name this time. Uh, that's I was very careful. I didn't want to drop that bomb on you guys. And you got in a lot of trouble. And I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I did just look up our reviews, and yeah, we have um, all five stars, and it looks like one one star. Yeah, that one one star, star is the one. That's the one. <laughs> it, it was saying uh, 15 minutes in, and it's all side conversations and inside jokes. Unapproachable as a new listener. Not, not, they're not, not wrong. Unapproachable. No, I couldn't. I couldn't fault them for a single word. <laughs> like, like, they, they didn't call us. They didn't call us names. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't say anything that wasn't. Like, we barely talked to any Star Wars so far, and, and we're like, what? I mean, well, to be fair, there's only so much to talk about for right now. We also well, we, we talked about. I don't know what you're talking about. We did an episode where we didn't talk about Star Wars for half an hour, and I believe I'm thinking specifically the one where we didn't put the the episode information until the end. So, like, we didn't identify ourselves, we didn't identify the podcast, oh, yeah. and we didn't even sort of stay on topic. Like, I I desperately want someone to have that be their first episode and for them to feel motivated to review because that's on us. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I said early on, I, I don't remember for sure if I did, but I feel like I said we were going to be like the Craig Ferguson of Star Wars podcasts um, with the way his show works. Where like in the show, he's like, yeah, we're crap and I don't know why we're doing this. I feel like we're kind of that version. Speak for yourself, Tim. Jesus. In the best way possible. Hey. pride in yourself. Oh, I do. Just like, you know, he had a lot of pride in his show, right? You're a mighty fine robot, Tim. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, okay, so but there are a couple things I wanted to mention because I, I can't let this episode go without it. Number one is that um, this past Friday, I was at an event that was being put on um, for work-related stuff, and I had two different coworkers start talking about uh, Wegmans and how amazing it is, and then a random dude from, or not random, but a guy who was like walking past heard that and was like, oh, they're the best. And it just became like a three-way conversation about how amazing Wegmans is. You had a Wegmans three-way? Yeah. There's no good response to that. Well, the the response is yes, we had the Wegmans (laughs) three-way. I'm so bummed we don't have like these specialty, like well-known gas stations down here, like Wegmans or like that's what Wegmans is, or is it a grocery store? It's a grocery store. store. Okay, my bad. (laughs) See, oh man. It is like Tim and Andrea used to talk about it constantly. Our first Thanksgiving episode is literally Tim is reading their <laughs> Thanksgiving menu. And like, and we had uh, Mike Messina on, and like, he's also from the East Coast. And, and they were just like, all three of them were like, oh, yeah, no, it's amazing. And Mark and I were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, if you order their Thanksgiving dinner that's like hot and ready for you, it's even better than your grandma's. Oh my goodness! Uh, is what Tim was saying, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's." that's I horrible. mean, that, that's not exactly what I said, but I I feel like that's more Andrea's wording. I don't think Andrea says better than her grandma, although maybe she did. I don't know. I thought of some uh, not not Star Wars, but I thought of some nerdy <laughs> uh, type of news that might I don't know that Tim would be interested, but I feel like at least on some level, oh. uh, for because our age is uh, uh, maybe maybe you'd be into it too. Uh, but uh, Haas and, and Mark might. Uh, it might have watched it already, but the Bumblebee trailer dropped today. The yes. new one. 
It oh. looks yes. pretty fun, and surprisingly so. Right? Like, I didn't even... I, I thought there was no way. I kept thinking there was no way I would even see another Transformers movie, much less, like, want to see one. I only saw sound the last wave. one. It had real sound wave. Real I, sound I saw wave. the last one because it had... I got a thing online where I got a free pass to see it. So I was like, screw it. I'll see it. I'll watch Mark Wahlberg again one more time with some, some Transformers. But this... I, I'm like excited to see this one. Okay, because I did not watch it yet. Because I started out with the movies, like the the Shia LaBeouf one or whatever his name is, right? I can never, yeah, I yeah. feel like I never pronounce it right. Um, That's right. Okay, good. Um, so with that one on, I was like, hey, you know, this is cool. But as it went, I just like really died out of that quickly because the way the movies your, went. You were in your early teens when that came out, weren't you? I, pr- I don't remember exactly when it came out, but probably somewhere around there. Yeah, you weren't even old to uh yeah, you might have been 12 trying um, to get i'm trying to remember what it when it came out i don't you well first off you don't know how old i am i was gonna say i think it was like 11 years ago how old are you tim nice try <laughs> tim was a teenager robots I can, don't I have confer- ages i, I can there confirm oh and he just admitted it there we go bam <laughs> confirmation this was the episode count it <laughs> Um, no, but so I, I haven't seen the trailer yet just because my interest really died off pretty quickly after the movies kept on going. It looks good. The one that came out today looks really good, Tim. Yeah. Just... As a giant fan of the original cartoon, like yeah. it is, it is, uh, exactly what I always wanted. Like now Foz could just right. get a, a giant, uh, you know, love letter to the original He-Man cartoon, then uh, we'd be all set. So, well, who's behind it? Is it Michael Bay or I'm assuming it's someone no, else? No, Michael Bay's out of it. Somebody else. He's he's still producing it, but but okay. just I think I think he's just take I think he's just cashing checks basically. It was supposed to like be a prequel to his world somehow, but I think they're just they've changed enough to it that this is the start of the of the Hasbro universe. I think it's like um. yeah, it's like a soft reboot. You can count that stuff if you want, but don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it's going to be GI Joe and Transformers together. And- oh, I saw someone make a great speculation slash hope. But that oh yeah about uh, John, John uh, Cena John Cena being like Duke you know, Duke or something yeah yeah or Hawk great. I would be, be so great. happy I'd be into it so well kind of one of the other things I wanted to mention now that we have Hawes here because he's the only person who can actually like talk to me about this because the two of you aren't involved um, I oh, saw sorry. that you posted on your Twitter feed some of the um, Spider Man pictures yes sir so what do you think about that game. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I can't get in. Like I I wake up every Monday morning and I'm like, you know, I never call in sick. I never skip a day of work, (laughs) but maybe today's the day I do that to play Spider-Man. But uh, I've held strong and haven't done it yet. It's a lot of fun. It's, um, you know, if anybody ever played the Batman games, the newer Arkham series of Batman games, it's, it definitely draws on those games for influence, but it's Spider-Man. So it's bright and colorful and fun. And there's sort of a sense of humor to it. It's a, it's a, it's a delightful game to just sit down and play. Like I'll just waste hours swinging around looking for landmarks and stuff. (laughs) I was going to say just swinging around the city alone. It's worth getting the game. It's it it like makes you happy on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much fun. So yeah, I, I, kind of mentioned it a little bit previously but it really is i think it's great and as far as open world games go like if you enjoy them i think this is pretty well done 
in that genre. Um, oh, for sure. And, and and like you said, it's it's bright, it's fun. The Insomniac brought the sense of humor to it that Spider Man's supposed to have, and the story like, it's not bad. Like the the main mission is is good. It's, from what I've done so far, it's good. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying the main story as well. I'm a big Spider Man guy. Spider Man's my yeah. favorite superhero, so he's, it was going to be hard. Favorite. If it was an awful game, then and there have been some awful Spider Man games. Uh, then, you know, I would definitely be bummed. Um, and I think it's a smart move for them to sort of take their own spin on the characters and yeah. the story. It's not beholden to any movie or comic storyline. It's sort of influenced by all of them in some regards. Right. And I, the fact that there's like 28 different spider suits that you can <laughs> unlock is right up my alley. So. Yeah, no, it's great, and, and like you said, you can see influences from different places, kind of making this new experience, um, and it's just fun. Okay, everybody, it's it's fun, and I, I haven't finished the main mission yet. I'm like eighty percent of the way through it or something, um, but already it includes pretty much everything you're gonna want from a Spider-Man campaign style game. I really yeah. loved something about it already without having to play it because I don't have a, a PS4. But uh, all sorts of people who didn't realize it before are now commenting on how stupid it is that Miles Morales is uh, the other Spider-Man, uh, that his dad's name is Jefferson Davis. Yeah. Uh, his dad is a, is a black man. <laughs> his name after I, I did notice that, yeah. Yeah, the president I, of the Confederacy. I had no idea. Like, I stayed pretty unaware of the game like i knew it was coming i was excited for it but i didn't know what villains were gonna show up or plot elements showed up i went into it pretty um unaware and i can't believe the amount of references characters that they're putting in like and it works and it works it works really well and like um you know i was kind of like when you get in it becomes like becomes pretty obvious who the main villain is going to be so i was just assuming like oh that's who you're going to be dealing with but no like they keep adding new sort of classic spider-man villains even some newer spider-man villains yeah um and i really hope um well obviously it's sold super well so there's going to be a sequel so like i hope that the, the the big ones that have clearly been left out for a reason show up in the second one yeah no, that's that's kind of again. I'm only like eighty percent through or something, so I haven't seen like the the big finale. But I'm I'm pretty sure there isn't a whole lot left to reveal beyond like. And and I heard that there's some sort of like post credit scene or something like they do in the movies. Is that right? Oh, oh, I don't know. See, I you're further along than me. I think oh, okay. I hit sixty three percent this weekend. Okay, when I stop playing, because I haven't seen um, it, but I think I heard that there is one like they do in the movies. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I'll have to wait and see how that works out. But no, but like, like you said though, there are so many connections, references, and stuff that just make fans of the character and, and his story happy. Cause, I mean, like you said, I'd say he's probably my favorite um, superhero too. And I, I was already thrilled with the whole Tom Holland portrayal of him. I thought that was great. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then this is I really feel good so too. badly how much I like it, just because I really, I did really love. Uh especially uh, the second of the original Spider-Man uh, films, like like when they had Alfred Molina as Doc, yeah. as Doc Ock. Like, and I like Tobey Maguire really, really well, but I do think uh, 
Holland is like the best one so far. Like he's it's it's kind of complicated for me because I think Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but I think Spider-Man 2, the original with Alfred Molina may be the best Spider-Man movie. If that makes well, sense. I, I agree I, with I kind that. Of ag- I kind of agree with that too. Like yeah, so, I, I do. I really like Homecoming good. It's but great. man, there's just it's one of the best super villain like origins and super villain portrayals of all comic book movies so far for me. Like the acting from Melina and the way they did Doc Ock, the way they did Otto was so good. Like it was just perfect and super satisfying. And, and I have a lot of affection to, for it because a student who I taught when it was coming out when I was doing my uh, student teaching, this little boy, uh, uh, Gage, who was very, very smart, like just really precocious. He was in first grade and we were talking about the movie and he wasn't allowed to see it. Uh, his parents were let him see it. He was too young, which made sense to me, but he was fascinated with it. And all his friends were seeing it and he kept, kept trying to piece it together from like what they'd said. And he ends up having this conversation with me and he goes, oh, so it was hubris. He's like, so that's really what, that, like that's, he wasn't bad. He just had hubris. And I'm just like, you're the smartest kid I've ever met. <laughs> I, I, I want to be like you and I grew up. And uh, just, but it made me see like how, it really is one of the deepest uh without like being self-important or preachy you know like i feel like it 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 still is a really uh layered movie it's it's fantastic great spider-man movie and one of the other good things too i have to mention because it's me um is there is a fantastic lineage of music with the spider-man series right how do i know i know i know unpredictable (laughs) um and started with danny elfman i say started but like the modern era i would say started with danny elfman and the original two spider-man movies i think christopher young did the third i believe um and then that style and vibe kind of carried over to the james horner um andrew the amazing spider-man um and how that worked out i'm going to skip what was next and then michael giacchino and homecoming was it's still very much him but you can still tell there's that kind of influence and vibe to it I would say the game, I believe it was Joe Pisano, I think, who did the game, um, is at, like, you can tell as soon as you listen to it, this is in its DNA, it is a Spider Man soundtrack, and that's great. I love Michael Giacchino. He's the best. <laughs> I love that dude so much. And I'm not like you and Mark. I don't have a encyclopedic knowledge of uh, film scores and composers. So. Then get composer. out. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I got in so much trouble for saying that. <laughs> yeah. um, but for what the point I'm trying to make is like for one to stick out like that to for me to actually like know who Michael Giacchino is and have a, yeah. a knowledge of his work, uh, it means a lot to me. You know that doesn't happen that often for me. And he's just a fun guy. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody is ever interested in exploring soundtracks more, if you're going to start with somebody who's not one of the more classic types, and I mean, like, you know, Alan Silvestri or John Williams or something, uh, I would say start with Michael Cicchino because you're going to like it. I don't care what you're looking for. You're going to like it. That's a big promise, but it's true. Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else like Star Wars related that we can get to. I think we're good as far as that goes. Like there really wasn't a whole lot this week. Um, I know when's the resistance next week, two weeks. Uh, two. It's October seventh, right? So is that? It's Sunday that, of two weeks. That's now. a that's a week. It's a week from Sunday. Okay. It's Sunday. It's my oh, birthday. we'll have something to talk about that Monday. <laughs> 
Yeah. No. And you have, you have homework. You have homework to watch that before we podcast. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. So I, this should be, it should be fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so in two, in in uh, what two weeks? Pretty much, we're going to talk about resistance. So yep. two weeks from yesterday, the homework for our listeners and for our our uh, podcasters is to go ahead and watch resistance. And you're and going to be people who are like live uh, podcast like right after it appears. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll probably be the millionth well, podcast to review it in did, the next day. Did you guys see that? I think four episodes are going to be available on the seventh. So they're going to broadcast an hour long first episode which you know is really just two episodes right and then apparently two additional episodes will be available on the disney out now app and on demand okay that is a weird incentive uh but very cool good good to know that information i like yeah that's a guess that's a lot of star wars at once (laughs) see like i really feel like i don't have a whole lot of expectations for this one i know that's that's kind of like a cliche thing to say but genuinely, I, I don't know what, I, what type of thing I'm going to get out of this. So the first impressions of this show, I feel like really are going to make a big difference to me and how I view it. And honestly, I kind of wonder if that's why they're making so many available on the first one is to give you like maybe the show takes a little while to get going and really get moving and, and suck in a quote unquote your older audience. So right. well, and, you know, and if you like. If you read a lot about uh, television production and if you listen to commentary tracks, if you know people who work in TV, like there's a whole lot of discussion about how I think they say the first seven episodes of a primetime full length season of a show, which is going to have less episodes uh, for something like Rebels. So there'll probably be less, but probably a smaller amount. But for like a 20, 21, 23 episode network show uh, for the first season, they want the first seven episodes to basically replay the pilot over and over again to establish oh, it. Oh, okay. And well, you'll notice that a lot when you watch shows that are first starting out. And I feel like it's probably, it's got to be less because that's half the season, you know, of a kid's show like this. But uh, still, like, you got to think they probably have the first four or a couple episodes are going to be really similar. So I think, I think you're onto something there, Haas, is to actually give us a real view of what it might be like. Yeah, and I think they've said this is 22 episodes for the first season. That's awesome. Yeah, which on one hand I think is really awesome. The one thing I'm afraid of is that Resistance is almost a a stopgap to have something Star Wars animation related on air before the Disney streaming service launches next year. I'm hoping it's really good, and I hope it gets successive seasons, but... I do find it awfully weird that they have this big expensive streaming service coming next year. And in the meantime, they're starting a new show on just their regular cable. Now, as for, you know, for all I know, they plan to have original content on their cable networks and separate original content on the streaming networks, but who knows? Well, and speaking of the streaming networks too, this is something we kind of talked about uh, last time, but we didn't get your take on it because you weren't on the show. Um, what about the the whole Marvel thing and the streaming service? Loki's getting his show. Um, and I don't remember specifically, but I remember there were a couple other Marvel Scar- characters. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she's right getting now. one. Um, and if I saw correctly, isn't uh, or aren't the, the actors playing the yeah. characters, yeah. right? Now, the thing to keep in mind, I always say this just because it's a weird thing with like breaking news like that. It hasn't been officially announced. It's very similar to the 
James Mangold is going to direct the Boba Fett movie, right? Uh-huh. Where it came out from a reputable source. It came out from the Hollywood Reporter. So chances are it's very well vetted. The information is correct, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But until it's officially announced, you don't know for sure. But that was the report that it's <clears throat> at least those two characters with their original actors returning to play the role. And I have to wonder what kind of budget they're putting into that. Because, like, well, and they're the saying. Story said, the story said that the, each season would have, like, comparable budgets to the films. Okay. And, like, they're saying that the, the streaming service is going to be, I, I read it on the show a few weeks ago, like, quote, substantially cheaper than Netflix. So I wonder if they're just planning on that many people moving over or if Disney just wants to to put money as an investment into this. I, I wonder. Well, I think it's. I think we even mentioned once that like, how could it be substantial? Like Netflix isn't well, yeah. that expensive. <laughs> like what's it going to be like two to $2? Well, see, and the thing is, is there's going to be much less content than is available on Netflix or Hulu. Right. But they don't, the they don't have to do it. contracts though. Right. And the other thing is, so if you look at the supposed budget for the Star Wars live action show on the streaming service, they're saying about a hundred million for the first season. Right. Uh, or was it? No. Was it a hundred million per episode? No, I think it was, pro- I, it was something. In, it was something insane per episode. I thought, but I can't remember. There's no way they're spending a billion dollars on the first episode. I'm an idiot. Or on the first season, it can't be a hundred million per episode. Um, these Marvel series, let's just say, for hypothetical sake, uh-huh. the whole season is a hundred million. These Marvel series are only going to be eight episodes. So if they were to spend that same amount for eight episodes, they could get more production value you see what i'm saying per episode yeah if the math works out i can't see them spending 200 million dollars well i don't know it's it's 100 million a season for favreau's show okay 10 10 million an episode i just i just did a quick search right which you know puts it in the range of like a a higher budget game of thrones episode yeah i think it i don't think it was the original article uh about the news like the you're very uh Thank, thank, thank you for pointing out. You're, you're right to point out that it's not completely official yet, so it's still uh, up in the but air. It, but it looks very likely. The thing is, is until it's officially announced, those things can change so quickly, right? And and things can change around. But so good to remember. I but, think it's, it Josh could Trank. be very cool. Yeah. Well, and, and, and they compared it to the Game of Thrones esque budget. Like one of them, like when looking at you know, say saying in the same breath, it'll have uh, the whole season will compare to a Marvel movies budget or whatever, or to a theoretical, you know, theatrical budget. And it'll be six to eight episodes. Like that's, they figure that, you know, that it'll be a game of Thrones esque budget. And just like you said, that's already, we know that that's what they're like for Favreau's show. So that, that would make sense. But uh, I I think Tim brought up because Mark, uh, I think is the one who kind of started the line of discussion. We were talking about it, uh, uh, right before that news dropped that we really thought that it was uh, kind of the way they were going to end up being able to keep solo going and that just knowing how media is now, that there's almost no way that they had them sign contracts that were for film, but they were probably for anything for film, television, streaming, for whatever they want to use them for, because that's just the nature of the industry now. Like that's absolutely, you know, how they were able to get people back for for uh stuff like agent carter or whatnot like, like I, I don't know i think that uh well, if, if if we're gonna have the main actors on these netflix or not netflix shows but disney play shows for the marvel you know honestly too solo solo for for as good as a as good as a movie as it, as it is it, it shouldn't have cost that much 
Oh no! It, really, it's all because of the reshoots, right? Like, right. I I would assume so. If oh, that well, movie had, if if they had not had that reshoot issue come up, you know, it would be so much closer to profitable. You know, at this point, it would be considered much less of a financial hit. I would I th- think. And I think you could probably do the same quality type of show on, you know, eight episodes, let's say, since most of it takes place in the Millennium Falcon or, or on sound stages anyways, which you could probably reuse for a lot of it. I don't, I don't see it costing a lot of money to make this. And again, like what we talked about last time is that is that at that point, people are going to watch Solo. They're going to see it on, you know, on download. They're going to see it on, on, you know, digital. They're going to buy the Blu-ray. They're going to watch it on Redbox. You know, I, I think it's going to be something that, that people will come to appreciate. And when it's time, you know, they'll have a show. And I con- think that's the perfect avenue for a sequel to Solo. Yeah. Because I think at this point, um, uh, a theatrical sequel is probably out of the question, right? Uh, unless it becomes the greatest selling Blu-ray of all time or some crazy, <laughs> you know, impossible task or whatever. Right. If they made if they make a uh, you know seven hundred thousand dollars like on iTunes sales in the first week or whatever the what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it will require that kind of like precipitous uh, you, you know uh, surge in sales yeah and I think I would be really excited if they just said look we're gonna do a six to eight episode sequel to Solo on the streaming service I'd be in and like. You know, how many locations, like different planets and locations are in Solo? Six or seven? It's a lot, right? It's like uh, Corellia, Mimbam, uh, the Snow Planet, what's that place called? Uh, Snow Planet number three. Um, (laughs) Also, like... I think it's Savarine. Isn't Savarine where they go to refine the coax? Yeah, I think Uh, so. uh, And then then there's wherever they go to get get it, so... but. Three of those locations are deserts, right? Uh, right. Well, see, <laughs> one, of, is, one of them is a soundstage. Like, that's pretty easy. If you're wanting to do a sequel, you know, cut the location. Because uh, like Mark said, you, most of that you want to see them rocking around in the Millennium Falcon. So give us two other locations. It, it won't bother me one bit if they're not on nine different planets with different, you know, atmospheres and biomes and stuff. Well, not only that, but if you're doing it as a series... I think, you know, the the concept of Han's adventures lends itself well to a series. And if you want to do, uh, I mean, this is just kind of random, but let's just say you have nine episodes, uh, three arcs, and three episodes each. Kind of like a Clone Wars type of thing, where you have one planet, one story for three episodes in a row, and then you move on to the next. And yeah. that works, you know, three adventures. Honestly, I was about to say, like any of these, uh, you know, supposed spinoff movies we've heard so many rumors about, don't do the Boba Fett movie. Give me a Boba Fett series on the streaming service. I'll be just as happy. I don't need them to spend $250 million on a Boba Fett movie for me to be excited. Because, yeah. look, if Han Solo can't make back its production and marketing budget, uh, I don't know that Boba Fett can at the theater either. You know what I mean? And I love Boba Fett. He's my star. He's my favorite Star Wars character. So, uh, you know, a little. What if this the streaming series are a little lucky for Disney? Then you know the Obi Wan, Obi Wan series because it'd be perfect fine with it totally being Tatooine. We can have be dirt cheap too. Yeah, and everything's on the my- desert. Ewan McGregor is clearly not opposed to doing high quality TV. He's been on Fargo and stuff. So like, 
and he was do, awesome on Fargo. Yeah, just do a, you know a limited Obi Wan mini series, and I'll be well, in. Well, and there's no way if it's anything close to Game of Thrones budget. Like Fargo's great, and Noah Hawley did a great job, and FX I'm sure didn't spare any expense. But just by the nature of it, there's no way like the paycheck he'd be getting for uh, you know an Obi Wan mini series is going to make it's going to be much more worth his while. Like there's it's going to have eyes on it like there's just no reason for him not to do it and just in general there's no reason for actors to be, there is no like separation in quality and prestige between film and television like there was for a while you know like yeah. there absolutely was like it was like serious actors are in movies and and comedy actors can get to a certain level on tv but like in general you know it was tv actors once you transition out of TV, you don't go back. It's like George Clooney left ER to become a movie star, you know, yeah, like in the, in, the, in the 90s. But that's a, we're, we're like, what, 20 years past that now. And that's not a thing. Like with the, the quote unquote golden age of TV, like the TV work the Game of Thrones cast is doing on Game of Thrones is vastly superior to most of their movie roles they're getting. Oh, There's and Netflix. Obviously, like obviously Netflix. exceptions, you know, like... <laughs> The kid from um, uh, Stranger Things that went on to be in it, like two home runs right there, buddy. <laughs> It'll, but still, he's probably a little more popular from Stranger Things. Well, yeah, Jon Snow, he, he went on and did Pompeii, and that was a brilliant movie. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. It was, oh. dog- <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I, I believe Mark is the only one who did see it. Uh, no, um, It's horrible. I think <laughs> I saw it. It's worth a watch, though. Well, have, any of you, have any of you guys seen um, the USA show The Sinner? No, no. I've seen like no. previews, but the first season was like uh, the, both seasons are really excellent. Uh, the second one just ended, but it's another one where USA. Like I used to love a lot of those shows, Monk and Psych. I, I own on DVD, and I, I really, really love those shows, and I have a great affection for them. But now, like Mr. Robot and and The Sinner, it's like they have like Netflix quality shows. On is, freaking is, USA. Why are these shows on USA? Is that the Jessica Biel one? Yeah, she was in the first season and she executive produced it and like and kept it going. But it was right. the first one was a mini series, so it was supposed to end, and instead it's become an anthology. And the creator wants to do a third season to close it out, and make it a trilogy about this detective played by um, Bill Pullman, who's uh-huh. excellent. Like he is yeah. like really great in it, and. Uh, but but uh, I brought it up just because the guy who plays Jessica Biel's husband, if you look up the center cast, the guy is like budget Kit Harrington. <laughs> like yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to post a picture from the account right, right now because um, so speaking is. of USA, I need to ask Mark and Jared a question. This is something that I was a big fan of as a kid. I would ask Tim, but I think he might have not even been born by the time this went off the air. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. But Go on. on Friday and Saturday nights, USA up would have all night. USA up all night, up all night and they yep. would show softcore pornography. Well, sort of. <laughs> I mean, they would show what I remember watching are like the trauma movies. They would show like um, Toxic Avenger and Class of Nukem High. And obviously, they were edited for TV. So I just thought how those that's how those movies were. And then later, when I would like rent them, like in college and stuff, I'd be like, "These are way grosser than I remember. This is not what I remember watching on USA up all night." No, well, what, I, uh, how, how old are you? Uh, I was a kid when I watched USA up all night. I mean, this was late '80s, right? Early '90s that that was going on. Um, 
I remember seeing Critters for the first time on USA Up All Night. Still one of my favorite movies. Um, I remember seeing. Uh, Maybe see where my like, mind was at because I I because I remember those, but I focused like my first thing I thought of was the softcore pornography ones, like the cheesy like. Of course you would, Jared. No, it's definitely like I definitely remember those. Like like Could the. They have- all Even these girls have to get a beach house for some reason. Like it was, it, 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 I don't even think there was real nudity, but there was just okay. like, like everything was about it, it, it. But it was definitely like without a doubt in retrospect, it what they were edited softcore porn movies. Like they were. Oh, yeah. I remember a ladies in prison movie being on USA right? up all night and oh, being and, like, and, and, like the, the "What is this?" Yeah, I remember stuff like that. I remember stuff like that, and ones where like. Oh, they have to, you know, all these girls live in a beach house and they have to get a job and save the beach house or something. It's like there's just a bunch of girls so in bikinis uh, washing cars. The movie, I remember seeing it when I was younger and it was on, it's Blame It on Rio, right? And it's got uh, Michael Caine and I forget who else, but the idea behind it is that he sleeps with his, with his uh, friend's daughter. Hmm. And I started, I started watching it going, I remember this movie. And when you first meet the friend's daughter, she has braces. I was like, okay, no. I, 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 I don't think this movie will fly nowadays. The idea that it's older, you know, Michael Keane, I think he's always been old to some extent. <laughs> he's never been, like, young, young, but he's sleeping. I think it was, it almost looks like an Erica Lineac, but it's not. But he, it's just, this, this movie just feels gross now. Same thing with the movies like My Tutor. You remember that, that whole, like, subgenre of, of older people and younger people. You don't remember that? No, I think that might've been around the time that I was like watching was, E-Man and stuff. See, yeah, that was eighties. That was, that was eighties and like on TV and select TV to where there's just these odd movies. Like the movies like spring break or, or all the ski movies. You remember those movies at all? <laughs> just the really horrible, like, uh, uh, you know, like porkies and all that. Those oh, I, I remember going to the same video store we got banned from and seeing all the like beach romp movies, like yes. kids on, the, and there would be nudity on the VHS cover just sitting out, and I'd be like, "Hey, I want to rent that." And my dad was like, "I don't know about that." Cause I, <laughs> You're not getting that. What are you talking about? Yeah, what's acceptable for for you know covers back then versus what's now? You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you don't you, you when when you had a VHS store or, or you know a video store, you wanted you know the the cover to entice people to buy it. And now it's not quite the same thing, you know. And especially, I, you know, I had a friend we were talking about that the other day. You used to go on a weekend and you would rent movies, and you watched every single one of those movies, good, bad. You rent it, you committed to to renting that movie, and you're going to watch the whole thing. The problem is now with Netflix. You put it on 15 minutes into it, you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm going I'm to watch something else. So you have a ton of movies that you may, maybe only watch 15 minutes of because you've decided to move on to something else. Yeah. But not in the old days. In the old days, you were committed to watching the movie, and I think that's lost nowadays, unfortunately. No, there's a lot of truth in that. And I just want to point out at this time that Noah once told us he does not know life without Netflix. Yeah. It's sad. I remember that. Yeah. When we know Noah was born right before we could always figure, we could always calculate Noah's age. Noah's 19 years old right now because he was born right before uh, uh what do you call it? The Phantom Menace came out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. That baby. 
All right, so uh, just I want to mention in case you haven't seen it, two things I've posted in our little like messaging center we have. Uh, yes, yeah, I see bearded Hulk. Yeah, and, uh, and not old Michael Caine. Yep. Uh, just just in case you haven't seen those, make sure you check those out. Like Jared said, number one is Hulk with a beard, and I figure you would appreciate that. Um, and then the second, Mark, you said you don't know if Michael Caine has ever been not old, but there's a picture of him. Well, to be fair, in that picture, he's 13. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look. <laughs> that's uh that's i always i think i feel mo- the old the picture of not not old but not young michael kane makes me think uh that i think i relate to your like uh cranky uh persona mark no more than when somebody mentions the italian job and they're talking about the mark Wahlberg movie <laughs> it makes me so annoyed with the universe like that movie was fun. I liked it fine, but it is worse than the original. And the name is stupid. They 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 don't even like they refer to the Italian job throughout it. It's it, it's a minor thing at the beginning of the movie. The whole the, the reason for calling it the Italian job is to reference another movie that it's not. It's Jared, not this, really this is the second time you've talked about the Italian job on the podcast. I and will do it five more no, times. No, no, because I'm confused <laughs> how how I got to see both of these movies now because. For you to get that incensed, there's got to be gold there somewhere. You just got the the original so good. Like, and I like I like the, the Mark Wahlberg one. Mm. <laughs> 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 Mark Wahlberg was busy. Uh, I don't getting, like like beating up people and getting into getting thrown in jail when that movie was made. Mark Wahlberg has a third nipple. Okay. I think it's about time to wrap up the podcast with that. <laughs> yeah, um, you can see it in that uh, music video oh, he did. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I am not going to make that the name of the episode. I can tell you that much. Mark Wahlberg's third nipple? Yeah. That's, 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 the be... real, that's the real name of the episode. <laughs> and I got in a lot of trouble, colon, Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> third nipple. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's third nipple got in a lot of trouble. That's that... Okay, um, so Tim's just gonna end it right now. I yeah, just pretty much, pretty much. Um, I'm I'm really excited about these new podcasting toys that I have, and we're gonna I think make it a much better experience for everybody moving forward with listening and participating and all that. So as I figure it out more, we'll get that figured out. Um, but, oh no, no! Yeah, edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, nothing has happened we're gonna keep on going completely normally because nothing at all happened in our picture chat that we have going on um thank you very much to uh Haas for for being on i know we've said this before but like wait, legitimately wait, 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 picture chat i want to see pictures no you don't uh legitimately anytime that you want to be on you, <laughs> like anytime that you want to be on like just I feel like it took me way too long to, to even ask you to be back on. So if you're like, hey, you know, I want to talk to them again about random crap, feel free to let us know. Because if I don't ask you, you're always welcome on every time. If you didn't already I have actually, other shows, um, you'd be invited to be on here every time. I actually have something I want to ask you guys to be part of, but I'm going to wait until we finish recording. Something, um, a little special project I have brewing. All right. At that, we're going to end because now I'm curious. So. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously though, thank you for being on. It's always great. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. It's it's a lot of fun. 
it's, thank you. Yeah. yeah, like Tim said, thank you for being on very much. You are our favorite guest and our favorite Star Wars podcaster, and we're not uh, exaggerating at all. Like, no, I think we all, we, we all feel that way. I have to say Jason because I've known him for a long time. Yeah, but fair when, enough. We, when we go off air, I'll tell you what I really think. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for uh, Haas again for being on. It's always great. And we will be back next time and uh it'll be awesome again because we're great so (laughs) see you guys next time